0: Who art thou, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, thou shalt become a plague, and he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shoutings, crying, Grace, Grace unto it. Shouts of Grace sent brings you pure and undiluted Word of God from the impeccable throne of grace. Be blessed as you listen. Praise the Lord. I want to welcome us one more time to our Sunday Worship online service. And we are looking at a very important topic this morning, which I believe is going to be a blessing to everybody, both to singles and married couples. The title of this Sunday morning message is Qualities that Every Single and Married Should Have and Pray For. You know, in life, we want to uh, really look out for the qualities that that other person has. The qualities that that person possesses. And those are the qualities uh, you want to really look into and trust God that, okay, uh, this person is okay for me. But now, uh, we should be able to identify some of these qualities and bring them out. And that is what we want to try to do this morning uh, and um, it's not the least, is not exhaustive. Uh, this is just a revelation from a particular verse, or two verses, or less than three verses of the scriptures. And I believe God is going to be ministering to us. All right, before we go on, can we have a word of prayer? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you this morning. Thank you for this privilege to be in your presence, even in this online service. We are asking precious Holy Spirit, that you be with us in this service and you inspire every word and that you teach us your wisdom and help us to communicate the right words this morning in the name of Jesus. We pray for every single and married couples out there. We declare your blessing rest upon them. As we hear your word, there will be liberation, will be set free, bondages will be loosed and people will be set in liberty in the name of jesus healings will be brought to your people even as we listen to your word for the word the bible declares that as jesus was teaching the power of god was present to heal and so we ask that your healing anointing will pervade the the old place and from where everybody might be listening and that there will be walkings of miracles in the lives of the people all to your glory in jesus mighty name we pray amen Alright, so th- this topic is both for singles and married couples. And I believe they are going to be able to glean some very important things from this topic. Uh, so in Songs of Solomon, chapter 1, verses 15 to 17, that is where we'll be looking at. It says, Behold thou art fair, my love, behold thou art fair, thou hast those eyes, behold thou art fair, my beloved yeah pleasant also our bed is green the beams of our house are cedar and our rafters of fire and so these three verses is where we'll be picking up uh these qualities from so let's by the help of the holy spirit just get into these verses so the number one thing we want to look at this morning is beauty and comeliness Remember, we are talking about the qualities that every single married couples should have and pray for. For singles, they should have this. And when you are looking at another person you want to marry, you should look for these qualities. And uh, if you are already married and these qualities are not there, it's something you can pray for and pray into your spouse. So the first thing is beauty and comeliness. And um, we get that from the the very first part of verse 15. It says, Behold, thou art fair. My love, behold, thou art fair. I believe that repetition is not just coincidental. God was trying to, uh, by the help of the Holy Spirit, was trying to communicate some emphasis to us right there. And the word fair means something that is goodly, pleasant, Pleasant to the eyes. Goodly to the eyes. So right there from that verse, we see that attraction is extremely important. Physical endearment is of utmost importance. You cannot ignore the pulchritude and uh, just say you want to concentrate on the spiritual. Both aspects have to be considered. In other words, what am I trying to say? As a single, get married to the person you are attracted to. God is never going to lead you to somebody that you hate with a passion. It doesn't work like that. God is not an author of confusion. So, uh, over the years, I've had some people come around and say, Well, I believe God is leading me to this guy or leading me to this lady. But I don't like this guy. I don't like this lady. I I, I hate this guy. God doesn't do that. It's not of confusion. of well, confusion. What could happen is that maybe God shows you that that's going to be your spouse. And because you don't know the person yet, you just... You you just have uh, this knowing about him or her. And because you have not gotten to know him, it's possible you don't like him. But as you become friends, as you become friends, as you get to know him, uh, that likeness will develop. But in the event that there's no likeness, no love, and nothing, then you've got to know that there's a red flag right there. No matter how many dreams you had about someone... If he or she is someone you loathe and despise, do not be coerced into a relationship by some spiritual experience that you can't prove its source. You see, he has to be pleasant to the eyes. She has to be pleasant to the eyes. That is how it's going to work. After wedding, you want to wake up in the morning and sing the Holy Spirit when you see his her face. You don't want to scream the blood of Jesus Well I'm saying that humorously To let you know that The person you're going to get married to Has to be attracted There has to be that attraction Hallelujah Remember that marriage is not a 100 meter dash It's a marathon And when you get in You are there for the long haul In In reality Let me tell you this Nobody is ugly That's just the truth because it's often said that beauty is in the beholder's eye. And I think that's very true. If you look at Psalm 139, let me prove to you very quickly that uh, nobody's really ugly. In Psalm 139, verse 14, it says, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knoweth right well." What is the Bible trying to tell us here? The Bible is trying to say the way we are made, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And one of the ways to look at that scripture is that when anybody looks at you, it's going to see the wonderful part of you and see the fearful part of you. So if somebody looks at you and say you are ugly, ah, uh, yes, you are simply fearful to that person. Just tell the person humorously, I'm fearful to you, right? Oh, don't worry, that's how God created all of us anyway. So we are fearfully Wonderfully made. You'll be fearful to some people. You'll be wonderful to some people. Well, this I will tell you: when you meet your spouse, you will be wonderful to that person. Now, let me let us know this as well: that uh, for those who are already married, concentrate on your spouse. Concentrate on your spouse if you are already married, and let your tell your spouse your point of attraction tell your spouse how you want him or how to be dressed rather than get distracted and start looking outward concentrate on your spouse and stop looking at other people when you do that you open the door for the devil and this is where attraction is very important let your spouse delight you that's what the Bible says that's what the scripture tells us. He says, "Enjoy the wife of your youth." So you want to be careful that you focus on your spouse. And I want to say to ladies, learn to uh, married wives learn to dress for your husband at home. Don't just wear anything that is uh, that is just there. That is just uh, just just deliberately dress for your husband. And that's very important because men are moved by side praise God. Now we're going to move to number two. Uh, Remember we are looking at the qualities that every single and married should have and they should pray for. The second one has to do with character. Our character. And we pick that up from the second part of Songs of Solomon chapter 1 verse 15. The B part. It says thou hast those eyes thou hast dove's eyes you see the dove is a gentle bird and it often symbolizes peace so this is talking about character so after physical appearance then you have to take into cognizance the inner beauty that is why the bible talks about the bone of my bones and the flesh of my flesh you see the flesh of my flesh Talks about the outer beauty, the pulchritude, the, the what we see, what meets the eye. But the bone of my bones deals with character, the inner structure, the inner frame that supports and holds the outer beauty in place. And so you, this is very important. And when you look at the scripture, it says the bones of my bones and the flesh of my flesh. Meaning that you're looking at uh, a spouse, you want to consider bones and then the flesh. The flesh is talking about the outer beauty and the bone is talking about the inner beauty. The inner frame that holds the outer uh, frame in place. That's what it means. Can you vouch for his character? Can you vouch for a character? Will he raise his hands to beat you when you are angry? I usually say when you are in courtship and you are already collecting slaps free of charge, you can imagine what's going to happen in marriage. You don't stay in that kind of courtship. That's an abusive courtship. And the person, and if God is benevolent enough to be showing you who that kind of person is, let me have you know that people don't change easily. So you need to be careful. Will she pack her things and go and spend the night in a friend's house because of a simple altercation? Those are issues of character. As a you once, you need to be careful. You see, love isn't stupid, love doesn't turn you into an idiot. Think, ask questions. I talked. I talked about in our previous message ten questions to ask before you fall in love. Try and listen to that message; it's going to bless you. Don't walk blindly into a marriage that could mar your life entirely. The scripture says, "Those eyes." Why eyes? Eyes are very powerful. Do you know that the eyes often show who a person is? in proverbs six twenty five, amplified version he said lost not after a beauty in your heart he said neither let a capture you with her eyelids you see so the bible is telling us that someone can be captured by the eyes you see you see how powerful the eyes can be so you don't we don't want to marry the person with the wrong eye you want to marry somebody with a dove's eye peaceful eyes in Good News Bible translation of Proverbs 6.25, it said, don't be tempted by their beauty, don't be trapped by their flirting eyes. Eyes can flirt. That's what it says. So, a lady registers her interest with looks, repeated looks, till the man notices. So, you need to be careful with the eyes. Adultery begins with seeing. David only saw Bathsheba once, while she was taking a bath. The next thing that happened was adultery. The next thing that followed was murder. It all began. The Bible says at the time kings go to war. David was taking a stroll on the roof of the palace, and then he saw. See, the moment he saw, problem began. So you want to be careful about the way the way you look around and what you see every time, because that is the entry point of sin. Samson saw an allot. And he went in unto her. That's what the Bible says. So there's nothing like innocent looks. And I often tell married couples, be careful about focusing on another person aside from your spouse. In Matthew 5, 28, it says, I say unto you, that whosoever looketh on the woman to lust after her committed adultery with her already in his heart. So just by looking, he has committed adultery. Look at basic Bible English translation. It say unto you that everyone whose eyes are turned on a woman with desire has had connection with her in his heart. And I think this goes both way either for the man or the woman. The moment you look with desire, the Bible says you already established a connection in your heart. And we all know that God looks into the heart to determine what goes on in our lives. In the message translation, look at what it says. It said, but don't think you've preserved your virtue simply by staying out of bed. Your heart can be corrupted by lust even quicker than your body. Those leering looks you think nobody notices, so they also corrupt. Watch your eyes and take care of what you see. May God grant us more understanding in Jesus' name. I pray That God will give you those eyes. Peaceful eyes. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We move to number three. Praise the Lord. Alright, we're moving to number three. And number three talks about green bed. Green bed. In Songs of Solomon chapter 1 and verse 16. It says, Behold thou art fair. My beloved, yeah, pleasant. Also, our bed is green. Our bed is green, and that is very significant. You see, the bed must remain green and fresh. Putrefication must not set in as a result of iniquity or premarital sex. Sexual perversion must not be allowed to stain the bed. The bread The bed must remain green. When the bed has been stained red with compromise, and wrong seeds have been sown, as you go into a relationship, make up your mind that your bed is going to remain green. Talk to your fiancé, your loved one. Established boundaries. Tell him, oh, we are not going to go beyond this. This is a godly relationship. We know we live in a generation where uh, righteousness has 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 been uh, ignored for a long time. But you see, the standards of God in terms of what He expects and requires of us has not changed. Fornication is still a sin. Primarida says no matter how much it has been glorified in films and movies and cinemas and all around, still remains a sin. Do not soil the bed with iniquity because you know the saying that you lay your bed, so you lie on it. If he wants to stain the bed by all means, let him go. Maybe his name is Abednego. Let him go. Most of the time, the wrong man doesn't go. The right man doesn't show up. Understand that. If she wants to drag you into the bed before the time, beware lest you are dealing with a strange woman. Now let's talk to the married people. If you are already married, keep your bed green. And avoid all forms of adulterous relationships and tendencies, which includes emotional affairs. If you are entangled or about to be entangled, Learn to seek help. Don't keep quiet. You know the reason why a lot of married couples end up in adulterous relationship is because they internalize and they refuse to speak out and they refuse to seek help. Because iniquity is perpetrated in the atmosphere of secrecy. If you want to deal with iniquity, then expose it and talk about it and seek help in relevant places. In Hebrews chapter 13 verse 4, marriage is honorable in all and the bed on the fire he said for homongers and adulterers god will judge look at what amber five says let marriage be held in honor esteemed worthy precious of great price and especially there in all things he said and thus let the marriage bed be on the fire and kept on dishonored he said for god will judge And punish the unchaste, all guilty of sexual vice, and the adulterous. Contemporary English version says, have respect for marriage. And I, I think I love that. You see, marriage should be respected. Marriage covenant demands respect. You see, if the husband can respect the marriage covenant, There will not be any instance of infidelity or unfaithfulness. If the wife can respect the marriage covenant, there won't be issues of cheating on each other. He says have respect for marriage. Always be faithful to your partner. And then he tells us why. He said because God will punish anyone who is immoral or unfaithful in marriage you see the problem we often make especially married couples is that well once i didn't sleep with any other person aside from my spouse i've not committed adultery but we know that the definition of adultery for matthew Matthew chapter 5 verse 28 is all just looking with lust larry looks message translation calls it looking with lust so when you look with lost, he said you already committed adultery in your heart. And then the Bible says, hey, huh? he said God will punish. Who knows what, what that punishment is? He said, But God will punish anyone who is a moral unfaithful in marriage. You know why God is particular about not being unfa- about being unfaithful in your marriage? Is because during your wedding, God is a confident witness. He was there. And he's still there supervising the marriage. So when you try to be unfaithful, you are violating God's instruction and you are going against covenant. I pray that God will help you in Jesus' name. So he says, have respect. Let that be in your mind all the time. Respect your marriage. Don't do things in your heart that you know they are wrong. Stop focusing on other people's who are not your spouse. Keep your bed green. So what, what we see here is that you can actually stain your bed with your eyes. Keep your bed green. Message translation, finally, in Hebrews that says, honor marriage and guard the sacredness of sexual intimacy between wife and husband. He said, God draws a firm line against casual and illicit sex. You see what the Bible says here? You've got to guard the secret, secretness. You guard the secretness. And then you say you honor marriage. See if it says respect your marriage. Message translation says honor marriage. Amplify says let marriage be held in honor. Glory to God. May God grant us more understanding and grant us strength in our relationship and marriages in Jesus' name. So we, we understand that we have to honor marriage. Uh, and then back to the singles. Be careful. You see, uh, uh, five, ten minutes before there is a sexual compromise, you will always know. So, you see, you're in this guy's room, and then all of a sudden everything goes quiet. He starts speaking to you with a bedroom voice. At that time, you should get up and move on. You see, because the only solution that the Bible offers you when you're in a sexual atmosphere, in quotes, is to flee. And when the Bible says flee, don't say let's reason together. You need to understand that. And also our young ladies, when you're in a relationship, say, I want to go to my fiancé's house. We want to pray. Be careful how you dress because men are moved by sight. You want to make sure that you don't uh, arouse sexual fires in you. You want to make sure you don't uh, uh, appear seductive. And guys, also, you need to discipline yourself. You need to discipline yourself. You know the way you are wired. You know you are easily ready for sex in less than 10, 20 seconds. So you want to be careful. Don't, don't bother to stay behind closed doors. Open the door. And, and be sincere in your heart that you really want to honor God and you want to keep the bed green. I pray that God will help you. And God will give you strength in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. One of the things you should also learn is that when you're in a relationship with someone, talk to somebody who is an authority figure. Talk to your pastor, parents, mentor. Because when you are accountable about your relationship, it becomes even more difficult for you to get into sinful escapades. You see, you see, because you know that uh, somebody's going to be asking after you. So it's important you don't keep a relationship secret. The moment he starts telling you, let's keep this secret, just know there is a problem right there. Relationship is not a secret cult. So you don't keep anything secret there. See, he doesn't want your parents to know, it doesn't want your pastor to know, it doesn't want your friends to know. Let it just be between us. See, He's trying to minimize. Uh, uh, the the, the number of people that will be involved in the event of a breakup or in the event of being jilted. You need to be careful about such things. May God grant you more understanding in Jesus' name. Now let's move to number four, and this talks about depth and wisdom. In Songs of Solomon, chapter 1, verse 17. It says the beams of our house are cedar and our rafters of fire. This is very instructive. The beams talks about that which supports a house and a house is built by wisdom. You see, a foolish husband is a disaster. In Proverbs 14, seven, it said go from the presence of a foolish man when thou perceivest not in him the lips of knowledge. It said leave him alone. In Psalm 5 verse 5, he said, the foolish shall not stand in your size. Thou hatest all workers of iniquity. A foolish husband is a disaster. A foolish wife is even more clamorous. That's the way Bible puts this in Proverbs 9.13. He says, a foolish woman is clamorous. She's simple. She knoweth nothing. What does it mean to be clamorous? You see that in amplified versions. He said, the foolish woman is noisy she is simple and open to all forms of evil see she willfully and recklessly knows nothing whatever of eternal value she doesn't guard herself she doesn't protect herself she yields easily to the flesh Anything goes, the devil brings this temptation, she yields into it. The devil brings that, she yields into it. She knows nothing of eternal value. She willfully and recklessly knows nothing. She's not committed to the marriage covenant. She's just extremely careless and open to any kind of temptation and trap. That's foolishness. We're talking about death and wisdom. May God grant you wisdom in your relationship, in your marriage, in the name of Jesus. You see your lover. should will have a penchant for wisdom. And you begin to see that. In his pursuit for knowledge. Understanding. Discretion. He or she must be growing. He can't remain in the same place he was. two, three, four, five 5 years ago. He has to be reading books. He has to be learning. He has to be listening to messages. He has to be improving himself. There has to be evidences. That he improving and learning. And getting more wisdom. The wiser it becomes, the more better your home will be stable. The beams of your house must be cedar. Don't want some stick to hold the house together. If the beams of your house are not cedars, there won't be shade when marital heat comes. You understand that? Go after wisdom. Does your lover put God first place? See, because you need wisdom to build any home or any house. We see that in Proverbs 9, 1. Wisdom had built a house. She had hewn out as seven pillars. You see, wisdom manufactures pillars, beams that holds the home, the house, the family. The most unfortunate thing to do is to be married to a foolish man or a foolish woman. That marriage will be full of trouble, problems, afflictions. They will drag themselves back. Results will be slow. And they will smart for it in many ways. May God guide you in Jesus' name. May God lead you into a home built with wisdom. Study God's word. Spend time in God's word. That's how wisdom comes. Every single marriage You understand that. The fact that you're already married doesn't mean you relegate God's word in your home. Have fellowship together. Have time of devotion. Put premium on It's very important. That is how to get wisdom. Do not fall in love with a vain person. Otherwise, you're going to regret it later. May you never regret your actions in Jesus' name. May God guide you and give you direction. A marriage cannot be sustained by adrenaline alone. Or some rush of some moon. Depth and wisdom is required. Deep as to call unto deep. In Proverbs chapter 14 verse 1, every wise woman buildeth a house. He said, but the foolish plucketh it down with her hands. You see, the wise woman is building. The foolish woman is dismantling. You see why foolishness is not something to, to stay with? Courting a foolish man or a foolish woman is courting disaster. Watch out for wisdom and depth. Watch out for that man that has a penchant for knowledge. Watch out for that man that is constantly improving himself. Watch out for that lady who is constantly... Seeking knowledge. The Bible says a man of knowledge increases strength. It's powerful. You want to increase strength to be able to sustain family. If you're already married and you feel uh, the pursuit of wisdom has been relegated, then sit down and discuss about it. See your mentor or pastor. Let him help you out. Read books together and discuss it. Improve yourself by the day. The the angel woke up Elijah. He said, eat. Eat. Because the journey is far. You see, marriage is a long journey. It's a long, 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 long journey. You need to eat. Before you dabble into into that journey. The angel told him, eat. Because the journey is far. You're going on a long journey, you need some strength. He said, no, you've got to eat more. You see, you've got to keep on eating and eating and eating and preparing for your marriage. Hallelujah. He said, "Thy words have I found and I did it. And it became unto me a joy and rejoicing. What the Bible is saying there is that this word of God that we have, before it becomes a joy and a rejoicing, which is testimony, it has to be eaten. You have to masticate. You have to chew. You have to digest. It has to go inside. And as it goes inside and you meditate upon it, you think upon it, you soliloquize, you talk to yourself about the scripture, you keep on saying it and rehearsing it to your ears, you listen to it over and over again, it becomes part of you. One of the Hebrew words for wisdom is chukmah. And that, that Hebrew word chukmah, it means to pound into the flesh. To pound into the flesh. What does that mean? You see, you take the word of God. You have to pound it into your flesh. Then it becomes wisdom. A lot of people often ask, "How does how does a word uh, uh, knowledge? How does knowledge move to wisdom?" You see, because knowledge in itself is not wisdom. Knowledge is simply accumulation of facts, and understanding is arrangement of those facts. But wisdom is the application of the facts. But now how do I move from knowledge? Because you have to move away from just accumulating knowledge because the Bible says knowledge puffeth up. So how do you move away from knowledge? You move away from knowledge by dwelling on that which you have taken in and doing what? And thinking, meditating upon it. So when it says a man of knowledge increases strength, it's talking about the fact that you you are taking that knowledge and Pounding it into your system. You see, that is when it becomes wisdom. So now, let's assume you take a particular scripture that says, walk in the spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And you meditate on that scripture, you meditate on it. Now you are confronted with lust. You see, what's going to happen? Because you've pounded that scripture into your system and it's part of you, it's going to rise up from within and supply strength to be able to walk away from that challenge i pray that god will grant us more understanding in jesus name and i believe we we'll be blessed from today's message shall we have a word of prayer father in the name of jesus we thank you this morning we thank you for your word thank you for blessing us we ask and we pray that this word will profit us it will mix with faith in our hearts. To the point of profiting, we pray for all relationships and marriages out there. Bless our homes, bless our marriages, bless the families, bless relationships. Let everything work out together for our goods. We destroy every plans of the devil over our lives, our home, our family, marriage, our children. We declare the counsel of God will stand in Jesus' mighty name. We pray and everybody say, Amen. God bless you. If you are here this morning. And you have not given your life to Jesus. I would like to present us an opportunity to do so. It is the greatest decision you will ever take in your life. If you are making that decision this morning. Say after me. Lord Jesus. Come into my life. I accept you. As my Lord. And personal Savior. I declare you died for my sin. You rose up on a third day. From today. I'm a new creature. All things have passed away. All things have become new. In Jesus name. Congratulations if you prayed that prayer. Welcome to the body of Christ. Welcome to God's kingdom. Please kindly leave a comment or send us a message on any of our social media handles so that we can send you the relevant materials. God bless you. This message is brought to you by Dunamis and Sophia. At the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ, Shouts of Grace Center, at Kisses and Hugs Club, an online ministry to singles and married couples. Connect with us on Instagram at Pastor Dunamis, at Pastor Sophia Bola, at Shouts of Grace Center at KC Global, on Facebook at KC Global, on YouTube at Dunamis Tundee Nawal. No. On MixLR at KHC Global. Visit our website, www.kissesandhugs.com Via our mail at kscpartners at gmail.com. To partner with us, kissysandhugs.com slash partnership. you.